I'm Adam. And I'm the Easter Bunny. Oh. Because it's Easter time, and we're celebrating, oh. we're celebrating Easter. You're not the Easter Bunny. No, I'm not really. I'm Robert. Uh. Hello, everyone. Rob is, for the listeners, Rob is sitting here with a bonnet, a lovely blue bonnet. Where's your pink bonnet? My pink bonnet is over there. Why? Why isn't it Can't read. Put it on. Put it on. Thank you very much. Rob, uh, for those who don't know, Rob is uh, a stingy kid. Mm. Refused to buy Easter eggs, despite it being Easter. So instead, bought a little pink bonnet for me and his lovely housemates, who have sheltered him from the storms. I'm feeling very selfless at the moment, because I was hoodwinked by my mum. So she said to me, Robert, Robert dear... I don't want any chocolate. I don't want any chocolate. Just pop into town and get me a John Lewis voucher. Yeah. And I was like, okay, mum, that's cool. Uh, so I went to WH Smith with Adam here, and the minimum cap on spending on a voucher now is £15. £15. So That's an awful lot of Easter eggs. There's so many Easter eggs. You can get it for a quid in Tesco's, can't you? So I've, I'm £15 down, and mum's going to get a, a freaking scarf or something from John Lewis. Yeah, that isn't fair. She just said no. I've been cheated. I've been. What if you just said no? Well, I was just feeling like I wanted to be a good son. A good son. I wanted to be a good son, and now I'm fifteen pounds. <laughs> but um, I digress. Welcome to the Easter special. Yes, the Easter special. We've got a tradition around here for Hollowdale Media Podcast. We watch something that we probably all watched a million times at Easter. Yes. You could almost call it the bank holiday special. This is the most Easter of all of the trilogy, you might say. Yes, you could argue that. We are, of course, talking about... Yes. Goes back to the desert, but not to <laughs> Egypt. Well, the other guys go to Egypt, but he goes to the Crescent Canyon, which is in somewhere else. Goes to Petra in Jordan. Petra in Jordan. Yes, he meets up with his dad, Sean. Sean. You wouldn't yes. bring the book to me here, son. We could go on. We could yes. go on. But yeah, we're very excited. Um, I think it, we we won't say any more, but it's, it's probably our favourite in the trilogy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I've gone back and forth, but I mm. think yes. I think yeah. yes. Uh, not only that, but it's as it's Easter, mm. I've got the Easter special drinky. We both have. Ting, ting, ding, ding, ding. The what? The white Russian. The white Russian. It's yeah. now become tradition to drink a white Russian at Easter. Yeah. For years, for several years, I would drink milk from my Easter egg, because I realised when I ate chocolate, I wanted milk. And times are tough on the old body, so I've I've up the ante since then, and now I have to have vodka and kulula lala. If there's any good thing that's come out of the pandemic, it is the thing that now, until the day that we die, we will be spending Easter drinking white Russians. <laughs> yeah. This is just how it's going to be now. It's true. And it goes with my new beardy, hairy look. Yeah. I think even if uh, we, one of us died, if you died and I went on, or you joined a cult and we became sworn enemies, um, if we joined two separate cults that were at odds with each other, I would still say, I hate that Adam Tyler, he's a right git, but... I will still drink a white Russian. It's yeah, you'd have a quiet sip of your white Russian, mm. look over the sunrise of the battlefield, yeah. and go, "Wow, 
Cheers to you, boy. It'll be like Armistice Day. It'll be, <laughs> that, it'll be that. So we would, instead of playing football, on, uh, you know, we would um, drink a white Russian and not send our troops to, to their deaths. Mm, speaking of, I watch a lot of YouTube. Mm. Uh, and there's been an advert going round. Right. Normally, often, it's irritating. It's a rubbish uh, phone game thing that's just rubbish and doesn't reflect the actual game and it's got silly tunes and stuff but there's one that's flipping amazing what's that it's the cinematic trailer for warpath warpath and oh my god it's like academy award level what's warpath it's some rubbish mobile game right okay but they've spent a lot of money on this this thing honestly it's just what well, it's just like a mobile app it's like the other ones. Yeah, it's just exactly like the other ones, but the other ones are rubbish, the adverts especially. This is a boring game, but oh my god. Like, we're talking actors, special effects, incredible music. Really? What? There must, must be some sort of money behind it. Well, yeah. I'm sure these are the sort of games that are just churned out for pennies and make millions back, aren't they? So, But oh my god, I'll show you it when we pause to go through the next segment. Oh my god, it's so good. Wow. So yes, speaking of throwing minions into the battlefield, it's a very apt advert. I'm going to turn that analogy into throwing fish into the sea and take a horrible nosedive into depression and shame. Because I've just been watching Sea Spiracy, which is um, Blackfish Point 2. Oh God. So honestly, so Blackfish, obviously, a couple of years ago, it turns the internet into hell. Um, as we realised exactly the torture we were putting Killowells through. And now I've watched Seaspiracy, and it's 10 million times worse than we ever imagined, and we're all going to die. Hooray! That's bad. But we'll come back to life in three days. We will Happy come back Easter. to life in three days. Happy Easter! But I have to, say, like, I have to encourage um, listeners to watch Seaspiracy. I don't think I can... Um, buy fish anymore and I'm including especially the sustainably sourced stuff with the MSC tick on it because uh, guess what that's just something people can pay for so they can like market their because because people buying fish they want to not feel guilty mm. but these fish that we're eating guess what we're just killing everything else even if it's sustainably sourced so we can't eat fish anymore that fun is up what there. about fish from a fish market uh, w- awful all bad even, Even if it's caught, you saw the man catch it. If you saw, if, right? If you saw like a grisly old Irish man, you followed him out to sea, and he just caught a mackerel on a rod, hmm. you're good. But if there's any big fish trawler which uses nets, okay. they're getting another species of shark, which die in the netting process. Everything gets thrown back in dead. Um, it's affecting the ecosystem in the ocean it's affecting global warming the carbon it's it's, um it's affecting everything it's causing genocide it's the worst thing that's happening ever like it's so mental it's 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 crazy Uh, it's horrible and i'm i've always loved fish i'm always i've always been a big fan of shamu etc and and fish and sea life but this but i always ate fish but i don't think i can anymore man honestly oh my god i'm I'm not even what's a what's the name for a non-fish eater an anti-pescatarian. And, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. That also sounds like but a course you'd buy in a tapas It's restaurant. really rubbish. So here's the thing. A couple of months ago, David Attenborough told us, yeah, chickens are awful and the worst thing for um, gases. And now we've learned, oh, fish are even worse. If we eat fish, we're all going to die. 
So, I don't know. Uh, watch the documentary and see what you think. Um, it's horrible. Oh dear. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. We're absolutely screwed. Easter's fine because you eat lamb. Lamb. And, yeah. you know, baby sheep. Mm. Yeah, horrible, evil creatures. Yeah. Stop them while you can. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a reason why they're so heavily connected to Satanism. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, what have I been watching? Oh, yeah. Last time I got very excited about the film Slacks, the trailer for which looked very funny and good. We talked about it at length. We were very excited about it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's a bit rubbish. I'm not even. I'm not even reviewing it because it's. There's nothing to talk about. It's so meh. It just doesn't get off the ground. I'm very disappointed. Yeah, me too. Very disappointed. I would like to jump in and say, replace it, everyone, with Microwave Massacre, <laughs> the one of the greatest B movies I've ever watched in my life. The forget about slacks. Go back in time if you haven't seen Microwave Massacre yet. It's so funny. It's so stupid. You described it as a carry-on film. Like, it's it's a carry-on film with, I don't. It's got all this. It's got almost Sucker-esque jokes in it, and it's got loads of stupid like hot babes walking around for no reason. It's like a <laughs> CDB movie with that's really funny. Okay. It cool. wouldn't it wouldn't be made today. But it's, it, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. All right, I'm going to yeah. track that down. Also, Frankenhooker has just been added to the Troma film. When was that made? Oh, 80. Uh, 90s? Early 90s, I think. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Ch- check it out. Awesome. <laughs> and one more thing before we move on, I would like, I'd like to mention is uh, The Flight Attendant, starring Kaylee Cuckoo, um, oh, yeah. of Big Bang Theory fame. Uh, Sky One, I think all of the episodes are available on demand now. Uh, she plays a flight attendant who uh, spends a romantic, sexy time evening with a man, only to wake up next to him with his throat slit. Oh no. The mystery ensues and it's like a comedy thriller but it really goes into like the kind of hells of alcoholism and paranoia and confusion. It's very very funny and very unnerving at the same time. I recommend it. Okay. Yeah, very good. If you've got Sky One, haven't you done well? Well, yeah, if you've got on-demand television, <sighs> yeah. But, Whatevs. Um, yeah, that's all i got on this little introduction. All right then, well, let's get Kraken! Adam's Film Reviews Godzilla vs. Kong 2021 We need Kong. The world needs him. To stop what's coming. And this child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. that in some way Khan did the same.
Godzilla. Directed by Adam Wingard and written by Eric Pearson and Max Borenstein, Godzilla vs. Chong is the latest in the short line of Legendary's MonsterVerse. Originally announced way back in 2015, Godzilla vs. Chong has seen several delays since. First by the surprisingly low box office takings for Godzilla King of the Monsters and by the obvious thing we should learn to stop talking about. The question is, can a film six years in the making possibly live up to the hype? Short answer, yes. Long answer, hell yeah. It's several years after the events of Godzilla King of the Monsters and we're reintroduced to Kong, kicking back and having a great time on his jungle paradise on Skull Island. To the chilled tones of Bobby Finton, no less. Except it isn't exactly as it seems. Under the supervision of Dr Eileen Andrews, played by Rebecca Hall, and her adopted native daughter Gia, played by Kaylee Hottle, plus the rest of Monarch, obviously. Kong is in fact in an artificial simulation of his home on Skull Island. Beneath the dome that is now his home, Kong survives hidden from the world and from the rage of Godzilla, who has been otherwise hunting down and exterminating all other titans on Earth. Since Godzilla was hailed as a hero in the last film, it seems he has taken a slightly darker role in the world, with humanity cautious and suspicious of the ginormous radiation-breathing lizard beneath the waves. To the world's shock, this suspicion turns to outright fear when Godzilla is seen to attack a city in Florida for seemingly no reason. No one truly understands why, but paranoid Titan Trufer podcast host Bernie Hayes, played by Brian Tyree Henry, in his search for the truth, witnesses a large piece of mysterious tech in the facility attacked by Godzilla. Seemingly the exact thing Godzilla was there to destroy. Meanwhile, Apex Industries CEO Walter Simmons, played by Damien Bichir, is looking for something. A power source for a secret project and recruits Dr. Nathan Lind, played by Alexander Skarsgård, to find this power source in a previously unexplored region of the planet, the mythical Hollow Earth. Dr. Lind accepts and heads off to convince Dr. Andrews to get Kong himself to lead the humans to the Hollow Earth, the supposed home of the Titans. The mission? To recover an ancient source of power and, hopefully, find a way to stop Godzilla in his rampage of destruction. With Kong in tow, the humans set off on their adventure, but the question remains, what are Apex Industries up to? And what will happen when Godzilla senses Kong on the move? If I say anything else, I will head into spoiler territory, and I don't want to do that. This is an utterly ridiculous, over-the-top film, full of high-tech wizardry, adrenaline pumping action, and choreography that could have been written by a five-year-old. And it's wonderful. Godzilla vs Kong delivers in every respect. Long, extended set pieces of Titan on Titan action is exactly what I came here to see. And it doesn't disappoint. This film had me laughing, cheering and clapping throughout. And even leaving me with a grin on my face as the end credits rolled. While most of the plot I talked through follows the human characters, Kong is undoubtedly the protagonist of this film, with Godzilla serving as the antagonist, though his actions are defended by the returning character Madison Russell, 
played by the mostly wasted Millie Bobby Brown. Sadly for Team Godzilla fans, however, we are fully on Kong's side throughout this film. And as a Team Kong guy myself, I couldn't be happier. For a giant gorilla, it's easy to understand his motivations and feelings. The final climactic battle is genuinely exciting, with long unbroken scenes of both Godzilla and Kong in full light. Yep, none of that irritating weather stuff concealing the action this time. Though you could be forgiven for thinking it's a kind of Michael Bay level of cinematography, it is so much more than that, and never quite delves as low and bottom of the barrel as Michael Bay would. See, Adam Wingard is a director I have long admired, and though this is a far cry from his smaller cult films, the connections are there, most notably in the soundtrack. Elvis, The Hotties, and Judas Priest are all there on full show, while the original soundtrack by Tom Holkenberg, previously known as Junkie XL, provided the much-needed epic layer of music in both orchestral and electronic genres. Basically, this film is an utter masterpiece, and well-deserving of its hype online. Right now in the UK, it's available to rent on Amazon Prime for a crazy amount of money. And while it is worth it, if you can hold off and avoid spoilers, this is one to wait for to see on the big screen. I'll definitely be seeing it again. Well, Rob. Yes, Adam. We've got our bonnets. We've got our bonnets. We've got our drinkies. Yep. We have chocolate wrapping around us everywhere. Mm. I think it might be time for an Easter quiz. Oh, I love it. A Holiday Media favourite. We'll do a quiz. We haven't made the quiz. We haven't made the quiz, no. Because uh, this... Yeah, yeah. So we found one. We found a quiz. We found a quiz. It's on The Guardian. Oh, darling, The Guardian. We can all trust The Guardian. We can all trust the snobby little Guardian. Yeah. Uh, yes, and it's also the only one we can find without the answers on, so we can play the quiz ourselves. All right. All right, let's go. Okay. On what street in New York does the city's famous Easter parade take place? That's Fifth Avenue, my friend. The options are Broadway, Wall Street, Fifth Avenue, and 49th, Second Street. Fifth Avenue, Avenue, say. Yes, let's just do that. Okay. What are the English and German names for Easter or Ostern derived from? Oh, listeners to the Patreon-exclusive Spooky Tales will know the answer to this. It's the ancient name for the month of April. It's the Passover ritual of cedar. It's the German word for Austria, traditionally believed to be where Easter eggs were found. It's the Latin for the word for eggs. Actually, people from who've, read, who've heard Spooky Tales won't know this because it's slightly different. I think it's the German word for Austria. Or the Latin word for eggs. I don't think it's the Latin word for eggs. I think we'd know that. Well, oestrogen. Oestrogen is in it, yeah. Is that in eggs? Well, is it's, that just a hormone that women... Yeah, make? but the, the goddess of spring, which is from Germany, is joined oyster. Oh, i give it a go. Yeah, why not? Let's uh, slap that on. All right, fine. The Good Friday Agreement, signed on Good Friday 1998, is also known as what? The Belfast Agreement. All right, look at you. Who was the first to speak to Jesus after he had risen from the dead? Judas, Mary, God, or the other Mary? I think it's the other Mary. It's the other Mary. It's Mary Magdalene. Yes, yes, with her slutty ways. Adam, that's very blasphemous and also very, very sexist. Very, very, it's not very blasphemous. Very... That's how the Bible painted her. They called her a prostitute. Oh, 
It's also not true. Right. Because of naughty Bible people. Anyway, anyway. The term Maundy, describing the Thursday that commemorates the Last Supper and is celebrated the day before Good Friday, is derived from the Latin word mandatum, meaning what? Discipline, commandment, final mandate. Do you know what? I'm going to guess final. But if, if I were to choose, what about you? What would you, what would you think? Well, it looks like mandate. Mandatum. Well, it's probably, yeah, it could be. But what is mandate? What does mandate mean? Ah, oh, you get, this is a mandate. Is it like a final order? I thought it'd be like a, like a... It's like a command, isn't it? Yeah. So, final makes more sense because it's the Last Supper. Yeah. Although the Last Supper was on Friday. No. So, Maundy Thursday is the Last Supper. Oh, is it? Oh, because he gets killed. Yes, sorry. I'm losing what? all my Bible brains. Bloody hell. It's this, um... It's this white Russian. <laughs> uh, that's. I'm gonna go mandate just because it looks like mandate. Okay. Who was the last monarch to wash the feet of the poor on Maundy Thursday, as an act of humility in remembrance of Jesus washing the disciples' feet? George the Sixth, James the Second, Victoria, George the Third. In the back of my brain, I think it's James. Yeah. I think it's James. I can't imagine Victoria doing it. No, definitely not. Victoria wasn't into feet. Wow. She, she did marry a German. Yes. Uh, why do Christians fast during the 40 days of Lent leading up to Easter? In remembrance of the 40 days Mary spent preparing food for the Last Supper. That's sexist. In remembrance of the 40 days Jesus spent in hiding from the Romans, to replicate the 40 days Jesus spent in the wilderness, it symbolises the 40 days when Jesus was believed to be dead before he rose again. Well, everyone knows this, don't they? It's to, it's to replicate the 40 days Jesus spent in the wilderness. Yeah. Satan tempted him three times and Jesus said no every single time because he's a good lad. Would you like a trifle? I would like a trifle. Oh, well. oh no. Damn! <laughs> oh, I failed! No, devil, I would not like a trifle. No, devil, I'm not, I'm really starving, but I would not like a trifle. Thank would you, you like a penguin chocolate bar? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> Damn it! I, I just keep forgetting. No, devil, I shall not have a penguin with its delicious chocolate biscuity goodness and joke on the packaging. Mm, if, yeah, the joke is really selling it to me. I feel, I feel <laughs> like I just, I'll take the penguin and not get crucified. That's my option. Take the wrapper, throw the food away... Go, <laughs> penguin. And he's thinking, well, he hasn't technically eaten the chocolate, and he's gone off. And then, because the penguin's slightly melted, because he's kind of in the desert, you can lick the packet and get some chocolate off anyway. And you've tricked the devil and got a sneaky food in. The devil's back in his palace, going, "Damn it! I shouldn't have bought the penguins." Curses! I, may, I, I knew I should have tempted him with marmite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Easter Monday is known as Dingus Day. Did you know that? No. Or Wet Monday in Poland. Ooh. Referring to what custom? On the Monday after Easter, Jesus was first seen walking across the Dead Sea by two disciples. In the Orthodox Church, Christians believe Jesus appeared... Guardian. Mr. Typo. Appeared to Mary by a river on the Monday after Easter. Polish boys traditionally throw buckets of water over girls on this day as part of an ancient fertility ritual. And the, all the water symbolises Jesus' blood. It's that. It's the Polish boys throwing I buckets of water. Not. I hope not. That's very juvenile. I, I'm down for it. I don't think that achieves anything, does it? It makes them... It makes them fertile. It makes them fertile, of it course. Makes, yes. In France, how many Easter eggs 
What? No, I'll say that again. In France, how are Easter eggs thought to be delivered to children on Easter Sunday? By the Easter Bunny. By the Easter Goose. By the Virgin Mary who delivers them to children while they sleep. Or by a church bell that scatters eggs as it rings out on a Sunday morning. I'm pretty sure that's the bell. I'm pretty sure. That's, yeah, I think I, I think I've read some of them. That's the bell. I know in Spain, uh, it's like it's almost Santa with the Easter Bunny. Um, what does Easter Triduum refer to? The ascension from Jesus to heaven and the completion of the Holy Trinity. The Sunday after Easter Sunday. The conclusion of the Easter week. The meal eaten by the disciples following Jesus' crucifixion. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Hmm, would you like some Tridum? Or the last three days before Easter Sunday? Do you know, I was uh, about two more white Russians away. White Russians. Wow, wow, wow. I was two more white Russians away from going on a yelling spree about Jesus having a trident with this. But I, I refrained because I thought that would be very silly. So, Jesus does not have a trident. And I think that the Easter Tridum, in three things... Um, maybe the Sunday after Easter Sunday. I don't know. Mm, I think it might be the Holy Trinity. Let's do. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know though. It could be last days. Oh, whatever. Uh, let's go for one. All right. Let's go. How how uh, confident are you feeling? Pretty. I reckon we got a seven out of ten. We've submitted, and it's, it's and it's died. It's broken. And the catch of this segment is we'll never know. Curse you, God! <laughs> and it has given Adam's Mac a virus. Some many thought impossible. Um, well, we'll never know. The computer's now sizzling. <laughs> the, this entire segment was completely pointless. You'll never know the answers. I'm very sorry. That Guardian? Yeah, more like... It's not... a failure. I know you're listening, Guardian. But I know you're... I was really excited to be like smug about the bell question. Can you at least can we find that out? The bell. Type in on Google yeah, Bell. What was the, what was the, hang on, what was the Delivered by the, Oh, it's slightly different. Google says they were delivered by flying bells. Yeah, there you go. Rather than the church bell. Interesting. So hang on, so wet Monday. I should probably go on the uh... Safe search. Yeah. East what is Poland's wet Monday? Well, I think they wander. They wander. Men wander around the town in colourful handmade costumes in search of a girl to soak. <sighs> Poland. No wonder you're going to the dogs. <sighs> oh, look, there's a picture there. They're just going to dunk her, I guess. That's horrific. I can just picture a Polish girl going, I'm really getting fed up of this. Why do they keep doing this to us? And that looks awful. Yeah, that looks. I, oh, they're just filling up at the... That, something about that looked horrible. So there's a bunch of jacketed uh, uh, Polish hoodlums in a very grey, <laughs> dismal kind of uh, Eastern European-looking grey setting. And they're filling up their water and plotting together, looking re- very angry, as if they're about to conduct some sort of major mass sexual assault. Off to find a woman, yeah. make her fertile. So I don't know if I feel good about No, this. that's weird. But maybe we're judging by a bad pitch. Maybe it's Maybe it's fun. Mustn't judge. Oh, look, uh, Hungary sorted out. Um, it's perfume. They changed it to perfume. Oh, women love perfume. So, oh. you can just spray, so you can just spray perfume all over them. Get out of my eyes! <laughs> wow. Okay. Interesting. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's been picked up in, in America. Well, uh, uh, Spooky Tales, I was doing the last one, the Easter special, uh, discovered that 
none of our traditions are uh, Christian. They're all nicked from pagan. They're all pagan. This I there is something about this because this that feels pagan, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, same with the the Morris dancers. Even hot cross buns, yeah, do not represent the cross. What do they represent? They, so I know they're not uh, Christian. So the the cross isn't actually a cross. It's the division of the cake because you tore it in four bits. Oh, and then you'd bury it under a oh, under a crossroads. God's sake. Well, bury one anyway. Probably eat the rest. But yeah, so that's not even a cross. That's just the that's just the please cut here line. Everything I hear about pagans is all fun and games. And the Christians came and said, "Right, we're going to do this, but we're going to add on. We'll burn you if you get it wrong." <laughs> it's partly that. I think it was also partly like, uh, oh, "How do we convince?" Yeah. How you know that thing you do? Actually, that's fine. Yeah, that's literally, isn't it? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it better. We'll do more of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it all the time. Uh, the only weird thing they did is they took the Easter hair because it was a hair, and they took the hair, but they said no hairs are evil. Right. Don't listen to hairs. You want a bunny rabbit? Bunny rabbits are nice and lovely, but hairs, ugh. and that's why witches and are supposed to be able to transform into hairs because they're. hairs are gaunt and scary and kind of hollow in comparison to a big plump bunny aren't they hairs you look at a hair I think they're mostly the same aren't they now if you see a hair running along they're more elongated they're kind of like a werewolf like half transition well funny that oh witches can turn into hairs and apparently the only way to kill a witch that's transformed into a hair is with a silver bullet Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. I don't know if that came first. Uh, yeah, what came first, the witch or the werewolf? So, yeah. So, Easter. It's a bunch of lies, but celebrate however you want. Yeah, please do. Even the chocolate egg is the cosmic egg from which all life was born. The fertility egg. Yes. What I'm offering you today is a chance to be a part of the biggest holiday rebranding of all time. We're gonna make Easter great again. we gonna do nick welcome to fortnite schmort night the new space jam trailer has been released and it has lots of stuff in it right so um so it's basically from what i can gather it's like ready player one but again right i I, uh I talked about the premise before about how they were going to include loads of stuff from the Warner Brothers kind of multiverse. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's got like the dragon from Game of Thrones. It's got King Kong. It's got the Flintstones. It's got the Iron Giant. It's got Scooby-Doo. So LeBron James is teleported into the... Uh, what What is it called? The, the serververse. The serververse where evil computer Don Cheadle lives and he wants to, for a marketing ploy or something, to put the best basketball game of all time on he's got like his evil robots um, right that are good at basketball and then LeBron James has to get the Looney Tunes I don't know if they remember Space Jam or it's never happened or... <laughs> that's a good point actually yeah, like, is, this before. The, is it yeah oh, we're very good at basketball because Michael Jordan taught us um, so is the Iron Giant at this point just public domain he's just <laughs> floating around going everywhere oh, he's just been hauled out oh, <laughs> Have you got five dollars? And Kong, like you say. Like, yeah. Kong was in Lego Batman. Yeah, he never was. Was the Iron Giant in Lego Batman? 
It's a new era of, uh, like, who framed Roger Rabbit mayhem, where they just get everything. Just everything, yeah. It's always Warner Brothers at the core. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the the weirdest thing was in the audience, of, there's, like, a, lot, a big crowd watching this mega basketball game, and cheering along and enjoying the, the fun and the hysterics was Agent Smith and Pennywise. Quite close to each other, so one could logically maybe guess that they were sharing a beer and a hot dog. Is that a bad two people to put together? And why aren't they plotting? They found themselves alive in this in this place. And Don Cheadle's the main villain. Meanwhile, Agent Smith, who's very well educated in hacking a system, if anything, Agent Smith should be like the lieutenant, right? Well, he does his own thing, doesn't he? He does. He goes away from the... Yeah, he's trying to like... I just had a thought. I think there might be an explanation for that. Warner Brothers also did Ready Player One. Yeah. Do you think it's possible they've reused all the assets? And this is an incredibly cheap film. Maybe. Well, they've still got the rights for it. I'm almost willing to bet that the shot in the trailer of the Iron Giant in running, I bet that's the same. And I need to watch them side by side to check. Clicked and dragged. Yeah, uh, because I almost, I'm almost certain Pennywise is in the background somewhere in Ready Player One. What? Oh my god, the plot thickens. I, I, I have no evidence, but I bet they are just cashing in on the stuff they've already got while they've still got the wow, license for it. Wow, that's a hot take. You heard it here first. Like, there's a conspiracy behind Space are they, Jam Two. Are they planning on doing Ready Player Two? Yeah, I think it's still in the works. So, I, so, ha, 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 ha. Is it possible their license was due to run out? So, I... so they reused them while they could to then be able to still hold on to licensing for Ready Player Two. Right, we need to. Right, so at some point we'll research if if Yogi Bear and Fred Flintstone is in Ready Player One, then we've got a problem. If we see uh, Voltron. <laughs> and the various other things uh, Sonic and Mecha Godzilla make an appearance like, why well, there's too many similarities okay 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 well, you heard it here first um, Knives Out is getting two sequels mm. Knives Out is getting two sequels so this comes from Empire Netflix are apparently splashing out a whopping 400 million dollars which I can't get my head around um, 4 million so it's, it's 400 million dollars oh, right okay but they're paying 400 million dollars for the rights. So that's not the production costs. Like, oh. I, I don't understand that. $400 million for the rights. Is it just movies. saying, we'll pay for your film as long as we get it? Yeah. Yeah, is that it? Does, the, Maybe. does buying the rights cover the production costs? Not normally, but normally you get like, the rights after it's been made. I suppose if it gives them revenue of like $800 million Yeah, it just says, hey, each look. film, then they make the money back. Yeah. But, We'll pay you to make it as long as we yeah. get it. It's just you, you know, maybe for us peasants, $400 million is like a vast amount of money, but I guess in Hollywood standards, these days maybe not. Maybe that's what the, the escalated prices are these days. But, uh, yeah. Also, it's all, if it's going to be all star cast as well. It's, yeah, all star cast, and it's become a f- cult phenomenon, Lives Out. Like, I, like, I'm in your camp. Like, I didn't, I didn't think it was mind blowing. I, I thought it was alright. I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, oh my god, this was the most incredible film yeah, yeah, like, yeah. mystery I've ever watched. It was it was good. I, I would hope that in the sequel they uh, go a bit further with it. So thinking back, in hindsight, it was very with it was, it was like 
reserved. Yeah. It could have gone. It could have gone much further. I like. Yeah, I agree. I like the idea of um, Daniel Craig having a new sort of uh, well, a new project. I, I like him. The idea of him doing five of these. I'm actually on board with that. If, if he can. <laughs> If this becomes like a saga of like mystery films of him, if he becomes like a pyro or whatever, then yeah, yeah I'm uh, actually quite up for that. Um, yeah, there's no cool. clue, so though, is he? No, no, never will be. But who will? Who will? There might be a Thundercats movie. Oh, this is from Yahoo.com, which I haven't been is on that still a thing? many years. Is that still a thing? Yahoo is still a thing, oh my and they God. report on better stuff. ask Jeeves about this. Better ask Jeeves. Um, so it's Godzilla vs. Kong director Adam Wingard. Uh, he's reportedly attached to helm a computer animated adaption of the beloved 1980s Rankin Bass animated series Thundercats for Warner Brothers. So they're going to be in the background. No, they're back. Are, are the Thundercats going to be playing basketball? I know. <laughs> they should be the bad team. Um, <laughs> Thundercats. So from a script Wingard will write with frequent collaborator Simon Barrett, who did uh, who has worked on Your Next and The Guest. Um, yeah, like I never, I've, I've never seen a single solitary episode of Thundercats in my life. It's not great. I can't imagine it being. And I think the after the hell that was the Cats movie <laughs> is putting thunder in front and making them fight gonna solve the problem of. Oh well, a big a big tank will help. Making anthropomorphic cats, or well, whatever the word is, is that the word? I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. Is it gonna work? They won't go. They they're won't go. The cats. Furry, but they're gonna look. How are they not? They're gonna be furry humanoid cats. Yeah, but the cats were creepy. If you go full like cartoon style, Thundercats will be fine. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Okay. It'd be I... the same as. Uh, that's weird. Cats in sci-fi have been a thing for forever. Yeah, they're like a trope. Yeah, they're a massive trope. Certainly since Ringworld, but. I can't think of any other depiction of them on screen. I Even mean, Red Dwarf, they're, they're just humans. They did the cats well in um, the game with the Skyrim. The Skyrim, the cat people. Yeah, they but if cats. you if you brought those cats... If you made them human, they'd, they'd be cats. They'd be cats. Yeah, 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 yeah. so I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah interesting. For them, it's a challenge and it'll be good. To, it'll be interesting to see payoff. Thundercats is an 80s throwback cartoon that is really popular to a lot of people because it's got a good theme. That's my theory. It's like G.I. Joe as well. It's got good things. It's no Transformers. No. Cultural well, milestone. For me, it's what I know. It's like in the bottom of the pile, along with like He-Man, and maybe Transformers is in first, and then there's like a big pile of... I think even He-Man's probably got something going for it, even though it's cheap. Cheap! But yes. Um, finally, uh, lovely news. Wonderful, fantastic news. Russell Crowe will be appearing in Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. Deadline confirmed the role after Crowe was spotted gallivanting with some of the cast in Australia. Um, Russell Crowe. Um, people associate the man with violence, gruff, anger and... Poetry. Poetry. Yeah. No, <laughs> you read it, it's poetry. So, um... Oh. So, Carl Urban was really good in... in um, in Ragnarok and I think that Russell Crowe will probably have a similar sense of humour I think he'll bring that similar humour oh yeah but sometimes he takes it too seriously doesn't he wow what was his well he ruined Javert I didn't watch Javert what's Javert Javert in um, uh, they both shut down in the name is Arab 
Oh, yes. Oh, you can't count Les Miserables. He made... He turned that into a horrible thing. Uh, well, what's he been good in that's funny? Oh, the other guys. The other guys, yeah. Very I good think, yeah, guys. okay, all right. I'm yeah. back on board. I'm back on board. I can see him being... Uh, Ty- is it Taika Waititi Love and Thunder? Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. So I can see him doing a very... Wait, is it the nice guys? The nice guys. The nice yeah, guys. the other guys is Mark Wahlberg. God, I think the White Russians the white get Russians. into us. <laughs> By the way, just just before we round up, um, I read an article the other day. All of the A-listers are gallivanting off to Australia. Have you heard about this? Um, there's a thing about that. There's, or is it Australia or is it New it's, Zealand? It's, no, it's Australia. They're all going over. Like I can't. There's a huge list of like. Was it? Is it to do with COVID? Yeah. Yeah, I, it's uh, like a weird. It's like the equivalent of a tax haven. It's a COVID haven. Yeah. It's like you want to get out of America where it's all going to hell. Yeah. Uh, and Britain, there's British actors going over there as well. Really capitalising on that. It's quite. It's quite interesting actually. The major scandal of it is, is there are Australians stuck in the UK. There's Australians stuck around the world, mm. and uh, they cannot get back to their home country, and they've been stuck for almost over a year. Some of them, and uh, well, obviously they're more than a year now, and uh, yeah. And, and if they can get a plane ticket, it's astronomically priced. It's like bankruptcy price. Yeah. So why the hell is that allowed? Money. Money. Welcome to that capitalism. Is, that is it. That is it. Yeah. It's, it's annoying. I don't like it. But you know. God, you, something, what's happened to you? Uh, you know, it's, it's annoying, You man. watch a thing about some fish and you turn into a anarchist. The fish has got to me. <laughs> must take back the power. We must take the power back. Oh my god. I'm stopping the, we're moving on before something goes weird. Kill them! We're about to complete a great quest. The Holy Grail, Dr. Jones. Oh, rats. <laughs> this is it. Look. The shield is the second marker. We found it. Indiana Jones is on the quest of a lifetime. <laughs> But for some adventures, one Jones is not enough. Dad? Junior? Don't call me that, please. Follow me! I know the way! Ah! A race across three continents. And in this sort of race, there's no silver medal for finishing second. Hang on, Dad! We're going in! Into the homeland of the enemy. Nazis. I hate these guys. Our situation has not improved. In his search for the Holy Grail. How dare you kiss me? Are you crazy? Don't go between them! Go between them! Are you crazy? Where's my father? In the belly of that steel beast. Dad! Junior! You call this archaeology? The quest for the grail is not archaeology. It's a race against evil. Germany has declared war on the Jones boys. Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad! It's a new experience for me happens to me all the time. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Have the adventure of your life. Keeping up with the Joneses. So, uh, for the last uh, two years, we've been 
getting through Indiana Jones every Easter. We started off with, obviously, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, moved on to the Temple of Doom and took a slight little little downer. Yeah, I my memory, I don't know, We I should probably look it back. Did we? We, we talked about Temple of Doom. I don't think we properly reviewed it because... Are you sure? We did... Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. I think we did a double. I think we did Jesus Christ Superstar and then we did Temple of Doom. Maybe. But I have a feeling we watched Temple of Doom and we were both like, Meh. Yeah, because it's, um, it's definitely the weakest of the three. Yeah, it's weird because it, it's why we watched it. Uh, you're enthusiastic about it and I had the same thing. But Temple of Doom in my head is much better than what it actually is. I think when you watch it as a kid, you're just caught up in the violence. You're like terrified when Indiana Jones gets yeah. kind of hypnotized. The crocodiles are really cool. The villain's really scary. It yeah. takes a lot of boxes. But then when you watch it through like, I don't know, shall we say more educated eyes, it's kind of a bit... Oh, yeah. And I don't hate it, but it just compared to... So Indiana Jones is a staple of action adventure. It's based on your 1930s adventure serials. The same sort of thing that inspired Star Wars. Uh, obviously written and created by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Um, the first film is straight out of the 30s. Yes. It's a quest for a mythical object full of Nazis and bazookas. And and most importantly of all, for me, like dazzling, unique locations yeah. that are on location and gorgeous and beautiful. It's even got uh, Indiana... Dressing up in a, as a Nazi to to board a submarine, yeah, like all this stuff. There's so much going on, um, and it's it's a very cross global adventure as well. The second one is kind of Indy bumbles into a temple, yeah. It's essentially Tomb Raider sort of thing, uh, full of memorable lines, but overall not a huge man happens. And then we get to the Last Crusade. Which came out in 1989, so it's well past your Star Wars and your Jaws and all of it. The action-adventure genre had been fully nestled in by this point. And we get uh, quite an interesting adventure, quite a unique one. We get a return to form. So to the, to the extent that Spielberg made very particular choices to bring back uh, the likes of John Rhys-Davies and... Denham Elliott, they brought back Denham Elliott... Um... As Marcus Brody, so he made big steps to make it more like people to draw familiar familiarity to the to the original. So it's got the whole globe trotting thing going on, um, but it's got um, more of an exploration into Indiana's backstory. It? Yeah, it's so interesting that up until now we never really know anything about Doctor Jones. Doctor Jones. Doctor Jones. Uh, he is very much your manly man, your ideal masculine hero figure. Gruff, wisecracking, um, not always that great at fighting. Well, well that's the thing. <laughs> that's the, the the brilliant thing about India as a character is that he he fails. Yeah, and he he st- and he stumbles and he falls over and he gets hurt. He gets scared. He gets scared. Well, that apparently Harrison Ford. One of the reasons he's so popular is because producers have said that he's got a face that looks good scared. Yeah, it does, and it's so it's so it accurate. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, this is. Um, but more importantly, this is a this is a funny film. It's very. This funny. is there's a sort of pattern you do get in a lot of films where the first film is brilliant, the second film is darker, and the third film is silly. 
The third film is, yeah, they, they'll work out. Oh, okay, I know, we know what we do, we're do. we doing right. It's when you get Ewoks. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but this does it, and it does it in a... It is silly. There are some very silly moments. But it also has these moments that stick in your head, especially as a kid watching it for the first time. It fully maintains the awe of... Um, I mean, especially, like, we grew up in, like, shall we say, Christian uh, houses. Yeah. For, you know, so... To have this biblical tale, but, you know, of Indiana Jones walking down this path, it's kind of awe-inspiring because you know a bit about these stories from the Bible. You know what they're yeah. talking about when they say the cup and stuff. So, especially as a kid, it's kind of like, oh, wow, this is this is crazy. That's the cup of Christ. Definitely stuff. ties into the, to the fact that these were on every Easter. Yeah. In, well, Indiana Jones, sometimes Christmas as well, but it, to me, it's an Easter film because it's deserty and it's hot and it's sunny. Uh, and so it has that connection. It does feel that's mm. probably why it was on the BBC, struggling to find. When I, funnily enough, when I got confirmed, mm. when I um, when I had to go on confirmation trips, like we go and stay to places, Petra. <laughs> to London Colney, and um, <laughs> yeah, we'd have uh, we we would have discussions where we go around and say our opinions. Like, and one of the things we did is we watched the Last Crusade. Really. And I remember my the teacher or the tutor who was there of us talking about the leap of faith near the end of the film, mm. third trial, and how applying yourself to the religion is like a leap of faith. Your leap of faith is your leap of faith in God. Okay. And then we had to do this stupid... Then it got really lame. They did that whole thing of, right, I want you to fall backwards and someone's going to catch you. And we did that. And it got really kind of cheesy. So that makes much more sense than when I used to go to a... Very briefly went to a Christian youth group where you watch The Simpsons, and then spent an hour trying to work out what the moral message was for the episode. What? No, yeah. you've got to be given Indiana Jones. <laughs> it's literally the cups there, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know you, what you mean. It's, um, yeah, I know. Well, the, the, we need to talk about the start. Like, um, So we start with the now iconic River Phoenix. Um, like, really fantastic. And what I liked about his performance was... He must have spent a long time watching Star Wars and Indiana, the earlier Indiana Jones films because a lot of his facial expressions were bang on. A lot of his kind of... When he's pulling the snake out of his uh, chubby friend's jacket yeah. and stuff like that, he was doing facial expressions yeah. that Harrison Ford does. He does it to a T. He was an amazing actor. There's one that stood out to me. What was it? Um, oh, they, he does... The, so there's a bit when he's running away from the baddies and he just looks around and he goes... Everybody's lost but me. Yeah. And that felt so right. That was a perfect line. That was perfect a perfect indie line, yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we find uh, River Phoenix's young indie camping in the caves in a desert. Like a scout patrol. Um, yeah. They ma- he manages to escape with his uh, chubby friend and they come across some... Uh, mischievous criminal diggers who very are, much your in my head they're like pirates yes they're sort of like yeah there's <laughs> some gold down here and all this stuff they're sort of raiding a, a tomb yeah which is oddly enough in wherever american state they're in yeah um, i really like that character by the way the one who oh they're not they're not indie they're not in the guy who puts mm. indie on his path i mean there's oh god i'd like to you yeah so we as we watch as Indy and his his friend find this group of criminals, and there's a sort of false flag. There's a guy in a leather jacket and a big hat, and he has his his face is obscured, and he lifts up, and it's someone else. It's not Indy. There's a little little false thing, 
but yeah, he's an interesting man. He's he's got the same uh, love for archaeology. Yeah, but his his moral compass is different. He's he, more of a mercenary. Yeah, he doesn't see. He doesn't mm. think that these artifacts belong in a museum. Which arguably, if he's found it on his own, maybe he's entitled to profiting from it. But I don't know. I don't know what the whole. Yeah, and it belongs uh, in a museum is a very dangerous thing to say when you're stealing it yeah. from the local natives. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite interesting. So, Indy sees them recover a golden cross covered in jewels uh, and legs it. And he ends up in a horse car chase. Yeah, He ends up going through a zoo train. Which is wonderful. I love that. That's it's so, a really good sequence. So 1930s. Yeah, oh, yeah. circus train going through. Uh, and as you rightly... Well, yes. Tell us why this is a bit of a weird thing. Okay, so what... My, my issue, as much as I enjoyed it, my issue with this scene is Indiana Jones is created in five minutes. Yeah. He, um, he runs through and he finds himself in a, a cart full of snakes... We already know that he's not scared of snakes at all, just five minutes before that, because he's plucked a snake yeah. out. He falls in a snake pit, screams, bang, we know he's got a snake phobia. He goes into another cart, there's a lion in there, he sees a whip on the side, he tries to use it, he can't do it yet, he cuts his face, bam, Indiana Jones likes whips, he can use a whip. He's pulled up by the bad guys, they, uh, they almost catch him, then he escapes, he gets back to his dad, who is looking at the plot of the movie, The Quest for the Holy Grail. <laughs> Bam. And then, finally, uh, the mayor of the town, or the, the uh, chief of police, comes along and he says, give back the cross, Indy. That's not yours. I'm in league with the bad guys. Yeah. And the last thing that uh, anti-Indy does, what does he do? He passes over Indy's fat, um, hat. Bang. Indiana Jones is created in front of our very eyes in five minutes. Yeah. So, that's fine. Like, I really enjoy it. It's really fun. But at the same time, it is dumb. I know exactly what you mean. I do wonder if was that just like a climax to the young Indiana Jones series where he was building up all those jewels? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I watched the, that series um, when I was a te- I think I was about fourteen. I can't remember mm. any of it, but I watched it all with my mum. I remember loving it. I remember thinking it was really really. really I don't think I've seen it. Um, but yeah, for that to culminate, even even so, yeah. for that to culminate with just a little train journey that t- makes him the man. Also, I don't think being covered in snakes for half a second is enough for him to get a phobia. Uh, I tell to you go what, from completely blasé to completely terrified. No, very true. He, you, they should have locked him in the crate. That alien viper that pops out yeah. is much scarier than the pit. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is that? That's not even real. That's not even of this planet. They should have sealed him in the crate. Yeah. Or something. That That's would, why he's terrified. That would give him the phobia, yeah. Uh yeah, but no, yes, it's a it's a it's a wonderful introduction though. And yeah. it's got again one of the greatest like match cuts. Yeah. So not Indy puts the hat on Indy, dips his head, and then we cut lifts his head and he gets punched in the face. Now we're back to Harrison Ford. And he's got that big grin on his face as yeah. well. You're like, Yes, there he is, it's Indiana Jones. He's on a boat, he's getting wet. Yeah, and what? The, and the, the what an ill-fated boat trip. I did think at the time actually, um, regardless of Indy getting thrown overboard or not, that boat would have exploded in five minutes' time. Yeah, all yeah. died. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's almost unnecessary. They're on a very probably a very expensive boat set that's rocking to and from. You got waves crashing on, not 
I don't know why. <laughs> it's a bit. It's a bit pointless. And we were just saying before we recorded, it's a real shame because he's on there because he's once again trying to get the cross mm. from the bad man who bought it before. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. It belongs in a museum. So do you. Roll over the side. The cross doesn't come back. You've introduced it. You've brought it back. And then it just disappears. No, yeah. This is pointless. This is gone. He passes it to uh, to Marcus uh, shortly after. And then, oh, let's get on with the plot, shall we? Yeah. Let's get on with the adventure. Bit strange. I would have thought it would be a good, like, that'd be a good key for the temple. Yes. Or definitely. something, you know. I don't know. Definitely. But maybe that just it shows you that there's always multiple adventures. He's always up to something. <laughs> I'd love to see, you know, I, 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 we've talked about this before. There's not really any books or anything of different stories of his, or are there? I'm not sure. Indiana Jones is a weird, it's a weird thing because it's a very popular franchise, but they never really... They didn't Star Wars it with no. like loads of different and things. And you could have done, although you could have also equally gone crazy. There's yeah. only one guy. Yeah, how much, much. how much can one guy do? Um, the, the only thing I can think of is the Fate of Atlantis, which is a video game that was an original oh, story. Yes. Yeah, I never played that. But see, Point and Click Adventures and Indy, Indiana Jones are so matched. Because all he does is solve puzzles and yeah, takes things, put things on thing and, you know. Mm. So it's a shame they never did more of that. No. But yeah. Uh, so the we're introduced to the plot when Indy gets kidnapped by some burly men at the university he works at. And they're taken to see uh, Donovan, Walter Donovan. What do you think about Walter Donovan? Walter Donovan, yes. Uh, familiar from, from for Star Wars reasons. Yes. Yes, he was in Star Wars as a naughty man. He was yeah. also in Doctor Who as a naughty oh, man. Oh, was he? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yes, Julian uh, Glover. Very, very, very good actor. So... The Holy Grail, Dr. Jones. The chalice used by Christ during the Last Supper. The cup that caught his blood at the crucifixion and was entrusted to Joseph of Arimathea. The Arthur legend. I've heard this bedtime story before. Eternal life, Dr. Jones. The gift of youth to whoever drinks from the grail. Um, and Indy's kind of like, yeah, great, but I'm not the guy you should be asking. You should be asking my dad. Who's missing? And was last seen, as we find out, in Venice. What a love! What inspired location choice, by the way. Yeah. So um, you can draw sort of similarities with Bonds and Jones in several different oh, ways. Oh, many like, ways. To the point that they're like uh, Spielberg was in competition really with doing Bond, um, or doing a better Bonds. But like, yeah, it's such a love. Like, it's so Indiana Jones to be going to a place like that, some hot yeah. water, water city in a mysterious church. It's kind of the first time he goes somewhere as a, like a tourist trap. Yeah. Well, because he, as soon as he gets off the boat, he's met by uh, the lovely, the lovely Elsa Schneider, who was cast very quickly. Um, she's meant to be like thirty in the in the film, but she was twenty one when she shot this. So, really? Yeah. Um, Alison Doody was the actress. Uh, she's Irish. My mum used to go on about that. My really? Mom's, my mum's obsessed with Irish people. She loves it when people are Irish, and I remember <laughs> her saying, "Look at her Irish eyes. She's very Irish." Um, yeah, no, she was. Uh, I was. I. She was definitely one of my first crushes. I thought she oh, was. Oh yeah. Tr- I thought she was gorgeous. Like honestly, I thought she was one of the most beautiful women I'd ever seen. I know um, that you're using past tense. 
Well, no, no, well, as a kid, I mean, I didn't know, but watching it now, I was thinking, God, watching I it now, what? without a doubt. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's very, very beautiful. She's extremely stunning. Um, and she's kind of a femme fatale role. Like you can tell yeah. that she uses her sexuality to. Yes, she's no, she's no Marion. She's no heartthrob. She's no girl next door. This is a woman who knows what she's doing. Also, there's a speaking of the connection with Bond. There's even a gag about, oh, where is the Doctor? Where is he? How will we recognise this Dr. Schneider when we see him? I don't know. Maybe he'll know us. Dr. Jones? Yes. I knew it was you. You have your father's eyes. And my mother's ears. But the rest belongs to you. You can almost hear a woman. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so uh, Elsa is a an art professor working with Donovan to try and find the location of the second marker. There's three markers to that give the location of the grail. They found the stone. Now they're looking for another one. Yeah? Hmm. So they take Indy and Brody to a, an old library. It used to be a church where they've sort of found some clues to go search for somehow. Um, and this is dumb. This is... I was going to say this. I, I thought it would be best left till now. This film does cater to young audiences. So the, the fact that young Indy learns to become Indy in five minutes is exactly the same reason why they didn't see the massive X on the floor <laughs> of the library represented number 10, which is huge. It's and we massive. have to watch Indy go up some stairs to look down and see this mosaic X. I just about, I was watching oh, God, come on now. That's the kind of writing you you see in a in a newer Star Wars movie today, and you go, "You you've ruined everything. <laughs> Your writing is terrible." But we forgive it because the film is beautiful and wonderful. It's um, so you, the moment you walk onto that floor, you go, "Oh, there's a big X." Oh, there's a big X. <laughs> oh, yeah. X is Roman for ten. Roman for 10. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So using the uh, the diary that Indy was sent from his dad, mysteriously. For some mm. mysterious reason. He knows to get in there. And it's a big tomb. And it sets him off on a bigger adventure. Yeah. It's off the go. But very uh, Bond-esque uh, boat fight. Boat chase as mm. well. That's so Bond. Um, I, I, for some reason in my head, I remembered uh, the guy being chopped up in the propeller. But I was getting mixed up with Raiders of the Lost Ark. I was, I was, I was, yes, I was the same. I, I remember him being chopped up. Yeah. Oh, I, I was wondering, did someone else get chopped up in it? Or was it just the Raiders? It's, a, it's disappointing. It is a There's, bit disappointing. They've really, like, that's another thing. Spielberg consciously uh, toned back on the violence because apparently Temple of Doom, there was a bit of a backlash into the pulling out of the heart and the the brains being eaten out of the monkey skull. All of the kind of, it was a bit gruesome, Temple of Doom. And he, he made a conscious effort to... To not have anyone be chopped up by a plane propeller and so forth. I mean, they had Nazis being crushed by tank trains. It had Nazis being... And it had a decapitation. It had a... Which we hadn't seen before. Yeah, true. That might well have been my first uh, TV decap. Um, uh, yeah, I yeah. might be the same. Unless unless Robocop. I'd probably watch Robocop before this. <laughs> uh, the Nazis, man. I, I love... Like, I know it's bad to say. I love the Nazis in Indiana Jones. Yeah, but you love They're them. So you don't good. agree with them. You don't agree. They're yeah. just so evil. That uh, The guy who famously goes down in the fake green screen tank shot or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's so Nazi, it's ridiculous. Yeah. No, it's true. The I love... There's so many sequences in this film. Because it, it does... There is a 
bizarre because after Venice they go to Austria. Yes, they go to Austria. They go to uh, that castle. Don't they, they go to a, a spooky Nazi castle straight out of like Wolfenstein. It's amazing. The beautiful line in that is uh, when uh, she uh, goes and kisses Indiana Jones. Says, this is uh, how we say goodbye in Austria. <laughs> yeah. This is how we say goodbye in Germany. Yes, for those not who haven't seen it in a while, it turns out Elsa was a Nazi. Yes, oh my She's goodness a me. Double agent. Well, kind of. She's much more redeemable. She's she's working with them, but she's got her own agenda because she doesn't agree with the stuff they're doing. But yes, wonderful line. Indy catches up with his dad, oh Dr. My God. Henry Jones. The, the, so this is one of the great double acts of cinema history. Like, yeah. they're so good together. They're Sean so Connery good. always has an... Uh, he's very good at being part of a double act. What am I... What, 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 go on. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, Entrapment. Uh... And also, kind of in uh, Time Bandits as well. He's very good as a... I think he's better as a supporting hero. He's good to run lines off of, isn't he? Yeah. Like he, one of the good things with Zardars or whatever it's called. Yes. Like, he, he was good. <laughs> he's been, like, kind of mentally confused at, uh, facial expressions yes. in that film. Where, like, Well, they'll be explaining some really long, complicated philosophical debate. Uh, and they just go... Oh. My favourite bit with him in uh, Last Crusade is when they're in the big, uh, what those things called? A me- like, not a Messerschmitt, what are those called? Those big hot air balloons. Zeppelin. Zeppelin. I am here, now. What do you want to talk about? Hmm? I can't think of anything. Then what are you complaining about? <laughs> He's got this big... His eyes are so big whilst yeah, yeah, he's yeah. waiting. Yeah. You're like, how are you doing that with your face? <laughs> he's so great. One of my favourite sequences of any 80s action-adventure film happens as they escape from the castle, from the evil Nazi German castle. Why is that? It's when they're being chased. They've stolen a motorbike and they've yeah. uh, they've evaded the Germans. And they go through a tunnel. Oh my goodness. And they are followed by a plane. (laughs) The plane swoops in, the wings get clipped off in a very bad model of possibly CGI effect. Uh, And the plane just scootles through, past them on the tunnel, and the pilot just looks at them. Like, just as bewildered by <laughs> yeah. the by the situation as that. It's so silly. It's so silly. Um, but yeah, very fun, very silly. Also, you've got the great um, moment where Henry, Dr. Henry Jones uses his umbrella to take down a another plane. Great moment. I think that's a great life lesson, like that scene. Is yeah. Like, you know. I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. Let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the sky. Use, this, use your wit to get also, out of the situation. Bearing in mind that Spielberg was toning down the violence, the sequence of all the seagulls hitting the plane is... <laughs> it's pretty, oh, my God! It's pretty awful, isn't it? <laughs> it's just a nightmare. Um, yes, it's... It, it, there's All these small little character moments uh, all build up to this very quick bonding. On screen, They, I kind of was in support of both of them. Yeah. Very, okay. very quickly. There's no... Because you wonder if you support Indy more because he's the hero. 
But no, straight away, you're on both of their sides. Oh, definitely. Um, I also love the line when they're on the Zeppelin uh, and getting followed by the Nazis. No ticket. No ticket. Yeah. What a line. Everyone goes waving their tickets. (laughs) Referenced by Dogma, of all things, as well. Absolutely amazing. Um, And we've got to talk about the... uh, So that's... um, a real place. What is it? The, the the temple they go to. What's the name of that place? In Petra. There? Petra. But what's the actual name of the temple? Isn't that is, is that called Petra? Yeah, yeah. It is. Okay, cool. Then what a location again. Like um, and that's what. Yeah. So we get to Petra and there's that whole. He has to pass the trials. Um, he's on a race against time to save his father, and he's got a no to kneel before the hand of God. But you made a very good point of silliness about this thing he had to know about kneeling so he's got basically he has to pass three tests the first test the clue he has is kneel before the hands of god right yeah and then we see a saw coming and chopping a man's head off because the guy didn't kneel Mm, the penitent man kneels yeah uh and so fine kneel down but then a second blade comes up and indy has to roll out of the way it says nothing about rolling if he didn't roll he would have been chopped in half Whilst kneeling, yeah. that would have really hurt. So the penitent man must also know roly polies. Yeah, is what we worked out. He should be <laughs> the roly poly penitent man. Roly poly penitent man will survive the the first trial. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> we should explain that. So the whole film at this point has been gathering the clues, getting to find out where the the city is that starts the journey to find the the Grail, and of course the Nazis are on top of it already. Yeah, of course. Because that's standard. That's in the NHS. Um And the the drive, the ticking clock that sends Indy into the the lion's den, as it were, uh, is Henry Jones being shot. Oh, yes. And the Grail not only has healing properties, but all can make can supposedly make you immortal. Mm. Mm. So the pressure's on as Indy goes through these trials. We've got the, the roly poly pedantic man. Yeah, so you've got to speak, the, know the word of God, and the word of God oh, the is word Isaiah. Of God. Yeah. yeah. It's Jehovah, sorry. So then he has to pass the, the word of God. He has to spell out the word Jehovah, but of course. In the Latin. The Jehovah starts with an I. Yeah. And that's what I love is you've got Dr. Henry Jones wounded. And he's muttering the, he's going through all these things that he's read for his whole life, um, as Indy does it. He's almost telepathically kind of trying to shoot yeah. messages at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he says that, <gasps> but it's spelled with an I, Indy goes, oh, Jehovah. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those great little. Uh, what I didn't get right as well is why did, were all the other letters that he held on to all the right letters because he fell through and then he grabs. Oh yeah, good point. Stay up. She should have just fallen all the way through. So maybe he grabbed I and E. Yeah. And very, very carefully. Good point. Mm. Unless he grabbed hold of the back. Yeah, maybe grab through. Yeah, maybe that. Uh, and then the, the thing that sticks in my head most, always in my head, lives there rent free, as the young people say, is the bridge. Right, yeah. So Indy comes up across a, a bottomless chasm. There's no way he can get over. He can't jump as too far. So he just has to take a leap of faith. A step into the darkness. And he takes a step. And he's there. He can walk across. Because of faith. Also because of a forced perspective painting on <laughs> a stone ledge. And I think that's one of the 
smartest, most clever visual moments in cinema. The way the camera like moves to the right yeah. and then tracks back perfectly and it puts it back into place again and makes it invisible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool. I there's so, I can I can see myself watching that for the first time as a kid and going <gasps> what? Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And then of course we meet uh, the Grail Knight. Yeah. An elderly immortal man and we get the sequence that everyone knows. The most memed gift sequence i think from india the last choice to make to make is to choose the grail that jesus drank from that collected his blood from the crucifixion and of course when you're greedy you see the gold diamond beautiful things and also loads and loads of plates which i never understood yeah, like... Well, it just from a plate. Yeah, but it would just drip everywhere. Is that combo from Blast of a Summer Wine? <laughs> um, so, yeah, you choose the golden chalice. And, of course, if you do that, you have chosen poorly. And then he dies! He rots away. It's like the first one, but worse. He, I mean, like... One of the most harrowing things, he grabs... He grabs... Oh, well, Donovan name? grabs Elsa, who had chosen... The, so yeah, okay. Let's, let's double back a bit. Uh, Elsa and Donovan storm in after Indy has solved all the trials, uh, and he demands Elsa show him the the uh, the Grail. So Donovan takes this golden chalice from Elsa, drinks from the water from the Grail, and starts aging and horrifically dying. And as if to punish her, grabs her by the arms and just rots, turning into. Uh, Doc from Back to the Future before just rotting and deteriorating it's, it's in front of him. good job she didn't make it out because she'd be getting therapy for that for yeah. freaking years. Like, you can't recover from someone grabbing you and going... <laughs> Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's pretty horrible. But it, it worked. It worked very well. He chose poorly. Because, of course, the drill, drunk by a carpenter would not be a big golden chalice. It'd actually be a sort of clay thing. A little yeah, a little Although, humble carpenter's cup. It did have gold in it. It did have gold in it. Yeah. I thought that. Should have made it more humble. Mm, just a wooden egg cup or something. Mm. But yes, yeah, so, yeah, we find the drill, but he can't pass the seal. Uh, and it ends with a very much... like a, It ends on a choice, doesn't it, really? Yes, it's a... Uh... Will you will greed overtake you, and will you know your desire, this chase for immortality, overtake you, or will you decide to not, you know, uh, obey the night, listen to the night, you know, do what, walk the right path? Yes. And um, one person fails miserably and falls. And to then the yeah, and the question falls to Indy, who sort of falls for the same thing, but then makes the right choice. He looks into his father's eyes, and he realizes no, the right path. Is yeah. But I was thinking just now, um, so Indy did take a big fat swig of the right of the cup. Yes. What they, they sh- Maybe that's how they can do Indiana Jones 5. Give him so much makeup, <laughs> put some strings on him, so he can, you know, make him a bit more movable, put some oil in his joints, and then say, like, oh yeah. yeah, well I did have that cup 35 years ago, so... That's why I'm still like capable of swinging on vines and stuff. Yeah, the other thing as well is they almost missed the trick by not... In fact, it's kind of disappointing now I think about it. Why didn't Dr. Henry Jones take up the Grail Knight's vigil? 
True. Well, it's proper boring, isn't it? Yeah, 700 but, but, years. What would you do in a room for 700 years? But that's part of the that's part of the the thing then, isn't it? That he can stay alive, hmm. but he has to be given up by Indy, who's only just connected with yeah, his father. Uh, like, that, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a that would be good. Yeah, there's a whole thing there that could have happened, but instead the temple just collapses in on itself, and we see our heroes ride off into the sunset in the coolest, most awesome ending. Yeah, the best final shot of any film, in my opinion. It's very, it's very, and of course that's. Possibly the first time we hear the music as well mm. throughout the film. It's mysteriously absent for most of it. And what did you find, Junior? Junior? Dad? Please, what does it always mean? This, this Junior. That's his name. Henry Jones Junior. Like Indiana. We're named the dog, Indiana. Maybe go home now, please. The dog? <laughs> you are named after the dog? <laughs> Got a lot of fond memories of that dog. <laughs> Ready? Ready? Indy, Henry, follow me. I know the way. Ha! Got lost in his own museum, huh? Uh-huh. After you, Junior. Yes, sir. But yeah, it's it's an incredible action adventure film. We also we skipped over the the tank chase. Which is fantastic. I love the the whole tank sequence. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Also, the the humour of them thinking they've lost Indy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Open to come up behind them. And then look down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's so much. There's so much good stuff just woven in. I think, yeah. I think we could talk about it for ages, but we should probably stop. Yes. um, It's it's amazing. It's so good. It's. Definitely a rightful place in an amazing trilogy. Um, trilogy. Yeah, trilogy. No, the word trilogy. No, no the road trilogy. It's yes. um, fa- absolutely fantastic. A childhood favourite and something we'll both be watching for years to come. And if you haven't seen it because you're weird, go watch it. Go watch it. For God's sake, go watch it. Go watch it. Uh, if you have seen it, I haven't been in a while, watch it now. Watch it now. Watch it's, it. This is the day to watch it. This is the day to watch it. It's in the Hall of Fame. It's in the Hall of Fame. We know we're not even going to discuss it. It's, <laughs> it's there. Cool. All right. All right, then. Adam's Film Reviews. Run 2020. <laughs> you do everything for me. You teach me... You'd cook for me. Am I a burden? Sweetheart, I could do more. I'm your mom. It's my job to take care of you when you need me. And you need me. Are you okay, Mom? Of course I'm okay. I have you. (laughs) 
newly released on Netflix, Run is a psychological thriller written and directed by Anise Chiganti, with an additional writing credit for Sev Ohanian. Run introduces us to Diane Sherman, played by Sarah Paulson, a run-of-the-mill mother living in the countryside of Pasco, Washington. Her daily routine for 17 years has involved the care and homeschooling of her disabled and chronically ill daughter, Chloe, played by Kira Allen. Though that's not to say Chloe isn't a capable young woman, she's incredibly intelligent, well-spoken, and capable of taking care of her own needs, though her mother keeps her diet balanced to adjust for Chloe's diabetes, while the house itself is fully equipped to cater for Chloe's wheelchair needs. When we first meet Chloe, we see her go through her normal morning routine of applying skin creams, taking her insulin, and preparing herself for a day of study. Though she is very eager to get a response for her college applications, and yet no letter ever appears to arrive. Diane insists that when a letter arrives, Chloe will be the one to open it, but nothing yet. It's only when Chloe decides to ferret away some chocolates from Diane's shopping that things begin to go a bit wrong. Inside the shopping bag, she finds a pill bottle containing distinctive green and silver capsules, only it's under Diane's name. Later that evening, when Diane gives Chloe her evening medication, including the green capsule, Chloe asks her mother about them, but Diane is quick to dismiss it, saying her name on the pill bottle was actually the receipt, and yet the seed of doubt is planted. As Chloe begins to grow suspicious of Diane, she begins to notice small oddities. While her mother is out, for example, Chloe notices the postman arrive. As she swoops in to check the post for her college letter, Diane is there, suddenly. Her car parked hastily in the drive, the car door still hanging wide open. Almost as if... No, it can't be. When Chloe begins to investigate further, we begin to see a darker side of Diane. Her looming shadow is always present, always watching. The suspense piles on further as Chloe attempts to find the origin of her new mysterious medication, and Diane's nature begins to grow more erratic and far more sinister. I didn't know anything about this film going into it, but I can safely say this is one of the best examples of suspense and contemporary thrills that I've seen in a long time. There are more than a couple shades of Hitchcock woven in Chiganti's directing, and indeed in the tense strings present in Torin Borodell's soundtrack, a deliberate reference to the works of Bernard Herrmann. Furthermore, deliberate references to Stephen King's It, Misery and the real-life Manson family are scattered around like breadcrumbs for those paying attention. As the tension rises and Chloe begins to have to use her wits to escape her fate, I was there 100%. Films where characters have to scheme and plot their way out of trouble always have a lasting impression on me, and I feel like I'm right there with them trying to work out the next best strategy. The performance of Sarah Paulson is played just right, but the real praise must fall on Kira Allen, who absolutely carries this film from her first scene to the last. It should be noted that Kira is indeed wheelchair-bound in real life, marking the first major thriller to star an actual wheelchair user since 1948. This is definitely something to shout about, but her performance goes far beyond that, and I hope to see much more of Kira Allen in the future. So, run. Catch you on Netflix right ruddy now. I promise it absolutely nails the tone of suspicion and suspense. 
even if it might come across as a little predictable at times. You figured it out. You need me. Well, this uh, wonderful Easter special again, we've come to a close, and just to see you out, we're going to quickly go through some of the Indiana Jones movies that never did happen. Ooh, interesting. So we'll start off with Indiana Jones and the Haunted Mansion. Uh, Spielberg resisted this approach in the end, feeling that it went too close to one of his earlier films, Poltergeist. Hmm, written by Romance in the Stones author Diane Thomas, I see. I think we can all agree that would have been Awesome. It would have been good. Although, if it's like Poltergeist, ugh, it gets a bit icky. Yeah. In, uh, anyway, we've got Indiana Jones and the Monkey King, Ooh. also known as Indiana Jones and the Garden of Life. Uh, this saw uh, this sees Indy visiting Africa to meet a 200-year-old pygmy uh, and going to find a lost city and the fountain of youth. Nice. Okay. Uh, why didn't this happen? That sounded really good. Uh, they didn't like the racy, the the racial stereotyping of some of the African characters. Which is... uh, was this after? This was yeah. after Temple of Doom. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Indiana Jones and the Saucer Men from Mars. Ah. Um, an idea that Lucas started working on in 1993. So there was Indy nearly gets married to someone who's working on a, uh, the discovery of alien bodies in a strange cylinder. Ooh. Yeah, but we. I guess we got. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull instead. What? So I, I, I guess you, no, that's nah. never happened. Oh, I'd quite like to see aliens in Indiana Jones. Yeah, that would They're be done. God, why not aliens? <laughs> uh, apparently, that was stopped because Independence Day happened. Fair enough. Yeah. Yes. Then we've got Indiana Jones and the Lost Continent. They've added Indy to a picture of Waterworld. I was gonna say that that's Waterworld. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Lost Continent probably similar. Treading on the toes of the fate of Atlantis, we mentioned earlier. Um, but this film would have seen Tom Selleck. Doing what? And Sandra Bullock playing archaeology students oh. who find by accident the path to Atlantis. Wouldn't Tom Selleck have been getting on a bit? Tom Selleck, uh, 80s, 90s, he was still in Friends. Yeah. He was the handsome boyfriend. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. All right, all right. Indiana Jones and the City of Gods. Um, so this this was Indiana Jones as a twenty year old. So uh, no, this is this features Indiana Jones who has twenty years past his uh, best days, but he still conducts research expeditions and fancy antics of a Russian colleague by the name of Yuri. He finds himself in possession of one of the infamous thirteen crystal skulls. Well, that's and, new. I haven't heard that. Yeah, that, that could be interesting. Mm. Oh, and it's got Marion and Indy's uh, son. Oh, that sounds really good. Well, Chuck Lowe's going to be a daughter, a 13-year-old daughter, but Spielberg didn't want to go down that route because of the Jurassic Park Lost World. Okay, fair enough, cool. Presumably she would have been an acrobat as well. Yeah, really good at uh, swinging on pipes and killing velociraptors. Mm. Um, Wow. Indiana Jones and the City of Velociraptors. Sign me up. There's a film. And... It's a great film, and somewhere in those films, there was a he fights a Scottish ghost as well. Yeah, um, very Scooby Doo. We like it, but um, yeah. So, needless to say, we've missed out on some great Indiana Jones movies over the time. Why isn't why is the closest thing we've got to Indiana Jones National Treasure, National Treasure, or Relic Hunter, or the Mummy, um, or the Mummy, the yeah. Mummy? That's a very good. The point. Mummy, which is the rightful heir um, and an absolute freaking masterpiece. Um, <laughs> 
which we will be reviewing soon. Yeah, and we'll also be doing Waterworld. Yes. Have we not already done Waterworld? No, we haven't. Oh, we did really, I dream that? We really should. Possibly. Oh. It will do at some point. Okay, cool. Yeah, we will do Waterworld at some point. Just weird pee drinking. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just now. Who are you seeing? <laughs> Someone's in the room. <laughs> cool. Well, yes, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, a bit of a long one, but there's a lot to talk about with the amazing... Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's uh, thanks for indulging us. Mm-hmm. A happy Easter as well. Happy um, Easter. You will be hearing from us again in a couple of weeks after we've been filming. We're filming. We're going to be filming. filming again. We're really filming in the wilderness with a lot of equipment we've never used before. Hooray! Be yes. We'll be keeping the final results quiet for a bit, but we might talk about the behind the scenes i suppose but yes thank you so much for listening and uh do check us out on instagram and twitter at hollowdale media and do if you like what you hear do follow us at www.patreon.com slash hollowdale media lots of updates and free podcasts for the moment as long as you sign up well without further ado thank you very much and goodbye goodbye